Howdy, you're listening to Think Brasses, a project of Bryan College Station Habitat for Humanity focused on local policies that help families thrive. Maybe it's just me, but when I first heard of a roo in College Station, I couldn't help but think of a baby kangaroo. If you did too, then you'll want to keep listening to this episode. The roo is actually an acronym for Restricted Occupancy Overlay. This is a technical phrase, but it has to do with the local government rules about who can live in a home together. These types of rules can impact your housing costs, so Think Brasses will continue to follow and update you on this potential legislation. Last year, we began hearing about the RU in the College Station City Council election. The two candidates we interviewed, Joe Guerra and Elizabeth Kuna, disagreed on this rule, so be sure to check out their interviews on our podcast to understand both perspectives. In this episode, Charlie and I interview a few policy experts about the potential impact of a RU on the city of College Station. First, we'll introduce the experts, and then we'll play the conversation. The three guests on our show today are all scholars from from the Mercatus Center at George Mason University. Salim Firth is a senior research fellow and co-director of the Urbanity Project at the Mercatus Center at George Mason University. He studies regional, urban, and macroeconomic trends and policies and has testified before the U.S. Senate and House of Representatives. Previously, he worked at the Heritage Foundation and Amherst College. His writing has been featured in National Affairs, American Affairs, The City, and Public Discourse, and he wrote regularly for the Wall Street Journal's Think Tank blog. He earned his Ph.D. in economics from from the University of Rochester in 2011. Emily Hamilton is also a senior research fellow and co-director of the Urbanity Project at the Mamarcata Center at George Mason University. Her research focuses on urban economics and land use policy. She has authored numerous academic articles and policy papers. Her writing has appeared in USA Today, The Washington Post, and The Los Angeles Times. She contributes to the market to the blog Market Urbanism. Hamilton received her PhD in economics from George Mason University. Nolan Gray is a PhD student in economics at the University of California, Los Angeles. Gray earned a Master of City and Regional Planning degree at Rutgers University and received BAs in philosophy and political science from the University of Kentucky. He was a research fellow in the Urbanity Project at the George at the Mercatus Center at George Mason University. His research focuses on land use regulation, housing affordability, and urban design. Uh, yeah. We've got this this policy that's kind of rumbling through College Station government right now, and it's called the Residential uh, Occupancy Overlay. Mm-hmm. And the idea is limiting the number of unrelated people that can live in a residence. Um, we kind of have some some views on what that would cause, but uh, do you guys have any opinion? Have you heard of these types of, of ordinances before? They're they're quite common in college towns. Okay. Um, you know, I, if if it's like the residential occupancy restrictions that I've seen in the past, it's basically trying to keep college students from buying up homes, right. um, and then essentially leasing out the bedrooms separately. Mm-hmm. Um, I I can understand, you know, college students often bring with them unwanted negative externalities, right? Not always, but sometimes, uh, you know, having parties or or poor maintenance. Um, So I can, on on one level, I can understand. Um, On another level, I think that probably the better way to to deal with that problem is through stricter code enforcement. uh, If you do have a few problem tenants. Um, And again, I'm kind of speaking in the dark here, not super familiar with the college station case. Mm -hmm. Um, But I would caution that if, if you have an ordinance like this and you had maybe a lot of situations where you had three college students who were pulling their money and renting a single home, 
Mm-hmm. Um, if you make that formula illegal, those students are all going to have to go out and bid up the, cr- the price of apartments that are already in College Station. So that could actually raise housing costs um, and ironically provide further incentive for students to go out and secretly, uh, discreetly continue to do this um, and, and, and maybe in a, in a way that's not announced and is maybe more difficult to be regulated. Just a few thoughts off the top of my head. Yeah, and definitely. I know that both Emily and I, early in our careers as young professionals, lived in, you know, group homes mm-hmm. where it's a bunch of people splitting rent, and like that's that's a really basic way to be able to afford a decent place to live when you're at a stage in life where you don't need a multi-bedroom uh, home. And you know, I, I think it's it's kind of very unfair um, to put in these restrictions. That, like Nolan said, there are, there are definitely problem tenants. Like I. I don't think I would want a fraternity next door to me. Right. Um, but those can be dealt with on their merits and, and rather than sort of painting everyone uh, who isn't a family with a broad brush. Exactly. And then, yeah. you know, and we're, we're approaching it from our perspective as working for Habitat for Humanity as well. And our concern is our line is going to get longer if, if these kind of things happen. And it's just, you know, basic economic thinking, I guess, that if you spread out the students, uh, like Nolan said, you know, it'll not only bid up uh, the housing, but it, it could also limit the decently affordable housing that is there because the students are going to have to go out there and, and outbid the low income folks. So that's kind of uh, where we're coming from as well. So we're not quite sure about. Yeah. Austin, Austin had a big success with its student population. Um, you might know about the uh, West University overlay where they've had UT students, right, kind of throughout the city. And there were a couple of costs to that. So one of them was the UT students were sort of bidding for rent against uh, lower income Austinites. Another was that they all needed to own cars because they would kind of live in random places that created a big parking crunch and big parking land use on campus. So the West University overlay allowed really tall buildings right next to campus. And the students want to live, right? You don't, as a student, you don't actually want to live off in some random neighborhood where you have to drive everywhere and um, you'd rather be right by campus. Mm-hmm. And so it works really, really well. And so it's actually taken pressure off of the regular neighborhoods while providing the students something better. And then they use the income, the sort of the, the impact fees from this new growth to improve the streetscape in, the, in that area to make it a really nice, safe, walkable area at night because students are, you know, the kind of people mm-hmm. who want to be out walking around at night and want to feel physically safe from cars. And, and then also um, with good lighting and, and lots of storefronts on the street, they feel safe from crime as well. So that's a much bigger win-win of working with the neighbors and the college and saying, okay, what do you both need as opposed to trying to dictate the college students out of existence? Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, yeah. We were just curious about what y'all thought on that issue. Cause it's getting a lot of airtime over here. So um, One thing for policymakers to consider with with those overlays uh, is that while they are fairly common, uh, there are also a fair number of attorneys who think that those rules are unconstitutional because they're not regulating land use. They're regulating who gets to use that built space. Um, so, you know, a court challenge might be relatively unlikely, but certainly you know, could, could be a consequence of, of those roles. Right. Because then you're getting into the jurisprudence of what constitutes a family. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of that was written decades ago. And that's an extremely valid point that the, these ordinances are, are potentially open season for 
lawsuits. And, and, and I would just add, too, that they, they are potentially overly broad um, because there are a lot of people who aren't college students who live together uh, who might not be related. Um, you know, you might, you, you might have uh, seasonal workers or, or migrant workers uh, who are, you know, they're going to work eight to 10 hours a day and then come home and sleep and they just need a bedroom. Or you might have, you know, two families, like in the case that you guys were talking about, two families who out of necessity, out of desperation are sharing a trailer. Right. Um, you know, it strikes me as, uh, I think, very poor policy to then go to them and say, well, sorry, but to, to deal with the college students, we adopted an ordinance of no unrelated people living together. So you have to go find separate units. So what do you think? Is the RU the best path forward for College Station? The City Council has a public input process which begins this month. Let them know what you think, and let us know what you think about this episode, and if we can help answer questions about this legislation. Bryan College Station Habitat for Humanity does not endorse the Mercatus Center or its views. However, we would like to thank the Mercatus Center and the scholars for their work and their willingness to come on the show. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Think Brasses. If you haven't already, please subscribe and leave us a review. You can also send us an email. But most importantly, just remember, think local, think Brasses. Think Brasses.